Good morning, everybody. It's good to have you here with me. Welcome to the morning devotion. I want to just get back to basics this morning, and I want to speak about the righteousness of God that we receive by faith. So I'm going to turn to Romans chapter 5, and um, I'm going to start reading there. Um, let's see who's online. Lene is always online. Beautiful, Lene. It's good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I see no one else has yet commented, but I'll catch you later. So uh, please comment. Remember to write your prayer requests and your testimonies. Um, and if you don't want to write your prayer request on this feed, please um, just send it to us on a private message or WhatsApp or email or whatever you, you want. But do send your prayer request. Uh, hello, Greg. <laughs> Thanks. It's good to see you. It's nice to, to, to see you so many times in the mornings here. Bless you. Hello, Lisa. Bless you. Okay, so this message uh, is, is very underrated. I mean, it, it's always a, a thread going through everything that I say. But I want to focus on it this morning um, just, to, just to purge all kinds of ideas that's counterproductive. And, all, and just, you know, Jesus said you are pruned already because of the words that you've received. So let's just prune off all the ideas that keep us stuck in one place. And uh, let's receive God's idea and uh, live a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with God. And so that we can start looking like him and acting like him. All right, so Romans chapter 5. He says, I'm going to start reading in verse 5. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Now, the other day I spoke about Galatians chapter 3. He said, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? Was it by doing the works of the law or was it by hearing a message and believing it? So uh, Paul uh, rebuked the Galatians for turning back to a legalistic message when they did receive the message of the cross of Christ. And he, and he uh, emphasizes it in Galatians 3. He says, um, are you foolish Galatians? Who has bewitched you and cast a spell on you? Unto whom before your very eyes Jesus Christ was openly, graphically set forth, portrayed as crucified. So the preaching of the cross of Christ, the crucified Christ, the sacrifice that Jesus made of his body um, for the sin of the world, the broken body and the blood poured out. That sacrifice is the basis of your righteousness. It is the basis on which we receive forgiveness, and it is the basis on which we receive the righteousness of God, which is a higher righteousness than the righteousness that uh, we can attain by our obedience to the law. So the righteousness that we can attain by our obedience to the law never meets the standard and never counts for anything. But the righteousness that God gives us is the very standard of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit himself has come to dwell in us by us believing the message of the cross. And because he dwells in us, the love of God is being shared abroad in our hearts. Now, the love of God is the very essence, the very substance of God. So if you take this podium, it is made of wood. This podium is a wooden podium. If you take away the wood, you have maybe some glue left and some nails. I don't know, maybe some screws. I didn't make it. But, uh, <laughs> but if you take those elements, if you take away the, the wood, you have nothing left. Now, God doesn't even have screws and glue. He's just love. 
You know, God is love. You take away the love, there's nothing there. Okay, so God is love. So when you deal with God, you deal with love. So you don't reason with God in a way outside of the the parameters of love. Love is who he is, and we need to receive him to understand him. We need to receive that love to be able to connect with him, to, to, to relate to him, because he is love. He is light. We need to receive the light in, to, that enables us to relate to him. There's no way that darkness can come into the presence of light. So uh, Ephesians 5 said it. It says, you were darkness, but now you are light. So uh, awake to righteousness, um, and Christ will give you light. All right, so the light and the darkness, this is how the righteousness of God works. God gives you his righteousness on the inside of you so that you have his nature on the inside of you so that you can relate to him. So the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit has been given to us. So when we received the Holy Spirit, we received God. We received him dwelling inside of us. And because he is in us, we now have the boldness of access towards him. Now, because he, the Spirit of God is inside of us, we can boldly go to the throne of grace. Because the Spirit of God is inside of us, we can now approach him with confidence. Okay, so without the Spirit of God, there's no way you're going to reach Him. There's no way you're going to pierce through the veil to get to Him because darkness cannot be in the presence of light. But now that He has placed Himself in us, His light inside of us, His love inside of us, it means that we now share His likeness. We now share His nature. So, which means that we can come to him. We are now one with him and we can uh, relate to him and we can speak to him and we have a love relationship with him. All right. So, which means the very first thing that happens to you uh, as a Christian when you believe the gospel is you are made righteous and you are made holy and you are made blameless. I'm running ahead of myself because I've only read one, read one verse. But <laughs> the very first thing that happens to you is you are declared righteous. As you come in relationship with Jesus. First thing. Which means that all the efforts for you to become more righteous in your life is a complete waste of time. Because you were declared righteous the first day. Otherwise you have something to boast in. And it's not by your works. It's by his works. So you simply believe what he did for you. Bam. He calls you righteous. As righteous as God is righteous. As holy as God is holy. As clean as God is clean. As filled with love as God is filled with love. So why don't we experience that? It's because our minds are still rotten. <laughs> our minds are still unrenewed. So you will experience the righteousness that you have received freely by grace the moment you believed in Jesus. You will experience it when your mind starts agreeing with what God has already done. When you start seeing yourself in the light of who you are in him. When there's agreement between your mind and what the spirit of God says in your spirit part. There's openness, there's communication, there's life. And you start to see yourself through his eyes. And you start to reflect what's already been deposited on the inside of you. All right. So God is looking at you. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you trust in the blood of Christ, if you've opened your heart for him, you've been declared righteous. God looks at you and he sees you holy, just, blameless, spotless, forgiven, perfect. 
All right? Through the blood of Jesus. Now, how do we, how do we change to look like that? Romans chapter 12. Be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. So our mind needs to be taught, rewired, reprogrammed to see ourselves in the light of the gospel. When we agree with God's opinion about us, we will look like it. When we fully believe what God says about us, we will reflect him and we will look, look like him. Okay, right. So I want to read just first the rest of Romans chapter 5 and we'll go on on this. So he says, Such hope never disappoints or shames or deludes us or shames us for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. So we have the love, we have the Holy Spirit. While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now it's an extraordinary thing for one to give his life even for an upright man. Though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, someone might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he gave up his life for people who essentially hate him, who despise him, who has no way to contact him, who does not believe in him. All right? That's the love that he has for us. But God shows clearly proves his own love by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. All right. Therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous, and brought into right relationship with him by Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of God? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. Not only so, but we also rejoice in exultingly glorying God in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom he has, we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation. Okay, so we have received reconciliation. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, we now have the ministry of reconciliation, and we beg of you as Christ's representatives, receive this reconciliation, be reconciled with God. And then he says in verse 21, he who knew no sin became sin for us, so that we who were first sinners might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you are righteous because you are in him. And you are righteous because he is inside you. You are not righteous because you did anything. Your righteousness is not based on the record of things that you've done through your body. The righteousness that, that uh, counts before God is not a, a record of, okay, let's see what you've done through your life and now you will have to receive your reward. No. The righteousness that you receive from God is based on what Jesus did in his body. He lived perfectly. He never yielded to sin. He was tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. He was blameless and pure and holy. And he was crucified for the sin of the whole world. All of the sin of all the people of all the world was transferred on him on that cross. And by uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All came upon him so that the righteousness and the holy, blameless life he lived can be transferred to us. All right? 
So there's an exchange. There's substitution. He was substituted for us so that we can be substituted as him. So now we are sons of God and he was counted as sheep for the slaughter. So the righteousness that you have before God has nothing to do with whether you were obedient or not. It has nothing to do with whether you did right in the sight of the law or not. Whether you did good or not. It's got nothing to do with it at all. The righteousness is based on the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ alone. All right? Are you saying now that we can now just live in sin and be counted righteous? That's exactly what they told Paul at the end of Romans 5 going into Romans 6. Shall we sin so that the grace can abound? He says, by no means. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer? So we need to get the revelation that we have died with him on the cross. And we were buried with him in the grave through baptism. And we were raised with him to a new life in unbroken fellowship with God. So you have been declared righteous by believing in the cross. Now your mind needs to be renewed so that you can start reflecting what has been deposited inside. So that you can start looking, talking, walking exactly like Jesus Christ. The transformation needs to start happening. And the transformation will happen as we, our carnal mindset uh, induced by uh, the law and, and constant uh, exposure to the law and legalistic thinking, as that is replaced by New Testament thinking, which means your, your trust for your righteousness is on Him. You, your dependence for living is on Him and not on what you do. So the moment you make that shift, that you depend on the one who is inside you to make the choices, that you depend on the one who is inside you to think in you and for you, that you depend on the one who is inside you to form the concepts that will, that will form your words, um, the more we depend on him, the more we will reflect him. It's like, you know, that old story of giving up the steering wheel to Jesus and he takes, takes charge, okay? Because we will run this, this thing off a cliff. <laughs> so uh, we need to surrender to him. And the, the, the whole point of surrender is that we lay down our own life. We don't fight for our own opinion. We don't fight for control of everything we say and do. And I have a right for this and I have a right for that. That's absolute nonsense and it's humanism and it will destroy you. But what we need is to surrender to him so that he can completely control everything you do. He's not going to possess you like a demon. He's not going to force his opinion on you. He's never going to do that. It's you that need to surrender it to him. All right. So I want to uh, just... Uh, jump to verse 15 just to save some time but God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass his grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man for if many died through one man's falling away referring to Adam much more profusely I want you to note this much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of one man Jesus Christ abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many Okay, so much more than the fall of Adam, the free gift will abound to you. Much more than the disaster that you received by, by natural inheritance by birth from Adam, 
Much more than that will you receive the blessing of God and the blessedness of his righteousness inside you by faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 16. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. So if the, if the sin caused, there's all kinds of things outflowing from the sin. Um, there's all kinds of mental anguish that comes to people. Self-accusation, shame and guilt, condemnation, okay? Which can also lead to all kinds of psychological and psychiatric issues if those things are not get, uh, getting rid of, okay? If we don't receive the forgiveness, it can really affect the way your brain works. It can affect the way you think. It, it, it can affect your functioning as a human being. You will function much more effectively and efficiently if you rest in the price that Jesus paid on the cross. If you, if you trust in the blood of Jesus rather than make a big thing of, of your actions. I think our, we, we put too much too much significance to our own actions and, uh, and, and too little significance to the actions of Jesus. If we are really under the lordship of Jesus Christ and if we are really saved by grace because of the actions of Jesus Christ, then we must make much more of the actions of Jesus Christ on this earth and the actions of Jesus Christ on this cross because it's his actions that is the basis for the righteousness that we stand in before God. Okay, so we need to honor him for his actions. For our sake, for our mind's transformation, we need to look at what he did on the, on the earth. We need to look at what he said, the teachings, because that has transformative power. We need to align our minds to what he says, okay? And we need to let the Holy Spirit, who is now inside of us, lead us and teach us and renew our thinking. You cannot continue accusing and judging yourself and living in shame and guilt and think you're going to turn out and look exactly like Jesus. You're not. Only by his grace being received in your heart will you bear the fruit that looks like him. Only when you receive the, the fullness of his forgiveness and his love and his grace will you start reflecting his forgiveness and his love and his grace. Only by receiving his love you will start reflecting his love. Now, in receiving his love, I mean, you need to, to, to repent. The word repent refers much more to the ch a change of a paradigm, a change of thinking, rather than it is to, to try and stop doing one thing and try to start doing another thing. But it will change what we do, but that's the fruit of it. The, the essence of it is this, we need, to start, we need to get some, in some way we need to start thinking differently. Now you can't just decide, okay, today I'm thinking differently because you've been programmed to think the way you do for your whole life. So how do we get there? You receive grace and you receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit is the transformative power that comes through the gospel that can change what is happening in the heart. And when what is happening in the heart changes, it starts affecting the way we think. And when that changes, it starts affecting the way we act and speak. Okay? So don't put, don't, uh, put so much emphasis on what you've done. Listen, you, you, you don't have as much transforming power in you by your decisions as you would like to think. All right? A lot of times, I just want to quickly insert this. 
um, the whole motivational type, self-help book type thinking. Um, I'm not against motivation. It is good to be motivated to do an action because, I mean, motivation is what causes you to do anything. So you need, to, you need motivation to brush your teeth, okay? Whether it is just to have a fresh breath or not to have rotten teeth, but whatever the situation, you need motivation to brush your teeth. You need motivation to get up out of the bed in the morning and, you know, take a shower and put on some clothes and, and you know, Get dressed and do something. You know, you need motivation to get in your car. You need motivation to, to, to pitch up on time. You need motivation for all those things. But the moment your motivation for an action causes you to rely on yourself to bring change to who you are, you are in trouble. The moment you look to yourself to change yourself, you're in trouble. Okay, so the problem is, I mean, without motivation, everyone will just sit there like a blob. So that's not, that's, that's not wrong. A motivation is wrong. The motive of your heart, it causes you to do something. It's a good thing. So we are motivated, and, and uh, the motives of our heart is the Spirit of God inside of us and the love of Christ urging and impelling us in Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14 around about. Okay, so the love moves you, so the love motivates you. It's the motive of your heart to act, to act to do anything. Okay, so why do we lay hands on the sick? I'm motivated by testimonies of people who laid their hands on the sick and I saw miracles happen and I'm motivated by the spirit inside me and by the word of God that says I will lay my hands on the sick and, and they will recover. So now I lay my hands on the sick and bam, they recover because the spirit inside me has the ability to do it. So now I'm motivated by the spirit, I'm motivated by the word, I'm motivated by testimonies of the spirit doing it through someone else to move me to do something and which releases that faith, releases the power because I depend on him to do it. And that power brings healing to the sick. All right. So it's actually really simple. But the moment my motivation is to look to myself, to see a problem, to see, uh, to try and find the root of the problem and to try and fix that root and to try and by myself, ignoring the Holy Spirit, ignoring the cross, ignoring the blood of Jesus, ignoring all, just focusing on me and trying to myself do everything to fix myself. That's where the trouble comes in. Because your mind, even though you have the Holy Spirit inside you, your mind is cut off from influence from the Spirit. And you look to a place outside of Christ to motivate you to action. Listen, Romans chapter 14 says, whatever is not of faith is sin. So you're not going to find any solution in looking outside of the Spirit of God for a, for a solution to, to whatever problem, whether it is unresolved trauma or whether it is um, you know, something that we grew up with that still causes psychological pain or all those things, you know, uh, inner healing that people try to go into the root of, hey, what you need is this. You need to turn 
to Him and receive life. And when you turn to Him and receive life, He starts thinking in you. He starts speaking through you. His spirit starts, His emotions are the emotions that are dominant in your heart, not your fallen emotions. Okay? We need to get to the point where we realize that the man we are trying to fix is dead and buried. And he will never, ever be fixed. He will never be righteous. He will never be healed. He will always just be a mess. He's dead and buried in baptism. But the the new man in Christ, the new creation, is 2,000 years ago already perfected by uh, the Spirit of Christ. Okay, Jesus took the blame for it all. He was dead in the grave, dead, buried. And he rose again, and then he gave the Spirit. He blew over the disciples and he says, receive my Spirit. Okay? And then he said to them, go wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So they were waiting, not in the temple, as many people preach, but they were in a, in a room of some kind of building in a house. And they were there, and in one accord, one place, and suddenly, sound of a mighty, mighty rushing wind, cloven tongues of fire divided upon each of them. You know, tongues divided and sat upon each of them. Fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So, filled from where? Well, he already blew on the disciples and they were present. Okay. So, there was already that agreement between heaven and earth in the building. Okay. But, but Jesus said to him, go wait there. So, he blew on them. He said, wait till you receive the Spirit. Don't go anywhere, just wait. He went into the Spirit. He was taken up into glory. He ascended. And then the very next chapter, Acts chapter 2, the Spirit was poured out. So Jesus went into the unseen, into the Spirit. Him, His righteousness, His actions, His abilities, His power, everything that He is, His physical body, everything. Taken up into the unseen in the spirit. The very next moment, the spirit was poured out on all who were in that place. Cloven tongues of fire, and they all began to speak in other tongues. Now it's Jesus, his ability, his power, his righteousness inside every person through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. So the person Jesus Christ is in the spirit, and the spirit is inside you. We need to get this. Jesus is alive in me, and Adam is dead and buried. This is the basis on which you will see change in your life. Stop trying to fix the old, but rather embrace him who is already holy, who is already perfect, who has already conquered everything, who has already conquered death in the cross, who, who is now already inside of you. By embracing the word that the Spirit speaks. By embracing the promptings of the Spirit. The revelations of the Spirit. By turning your attention completely away from yourself and your, your desire to change yourself. And to look to the person Jesus and to get to know Him. The stronger the connection you have with Him in the Spirit, the more you will look like Him. So in all your efforts... In all your efforts to change things, in all your efforts to change your life, change the influence on your heart, which, which causes you to look to yourself. Change it and get another influence from the Spirit, from the Word. Dwell in the Word. So that you're, you, you will be motivated only to know Jesus. And if you are motivated to know Jesus who is inside you, 
your actions will reflect the motivation. With other words, you will look for ways to just get some time to pray. You will look for ways to get some time in the Word. You will look for ways to, to in your thinking, to, to, to turn to Jesus and to think about Him and to meditate on Him, meditate on the Word. Um, and, and that turn, that um, give, giving your attention to Him, being motivated by the Spirit and the Word, to turn your attention to the person Jesus Christ is the biggest shift that can happen in your life towards change. If you want change in your life, you need to give him your full attention. You need to give, you open up your heart and you need to believe him when he tells you who you are. And when you agree with him, when you believe Jesus Christ, when he tells you who you are, you will reflect him, you will look like him, you will do like him, and you, the power of him that is already deposited on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit will be released and you will, look, you will do what he does. If anyone steadfastly believes in me, says John 14 verse 12, he will do the works that I do and even greater works than these because I go to my Father. You are righteous because he is righteous. And he is in you. You are not righteous because you did right or wrong. So whatever you said at the, at the grocery store checkout counter for someone bumping into you is absolutely irrelevant. Whatever you did in the traffic when you, you know, pulled that sign in the, at the stop sign, and you know, you know, totally irrelevant. It's got nothing to do with your righteousness. It's got nothing to do with your righteousness. Okay, I see people smiling at me. I didn't pull any sign this morning okay so don't worry i'm really i'm fine in the traffic okay so what i'm what i'm saying is um what you do does not determine who you are determine who you are what you did does not determine who you are what you say does not determine who you are what jesus did determines who you are but when you start doing what he does when you start thinking as he thinks when you start saying what he says when your heart is open for his influence on you, then you will start looking like, like, like he looks. Okay, okay. Let me, let me reframe this. Doing what he does. Okay. The doing is a fruit. The talking is a fruit. But there's also something intentional on it. God will never force, him, force himself on you. All right? So you can, in a situation, take the word... And you can confess the word on a situation, which will have a secondary effect of life being revealed and life being released in the, in the situation. But the more you do it, the more you are prone to do it. So it bears a fruit. If your heart is open to the influence, whatever goes in will start coming out. Okay, so the influence on your heart is the most important thing here. You need to turn your attention away from Anything that causes you to look to yourself to change yourself, okay, and to turn to Jesus and to uh, get to know him. So there are, certain, there are certain things that we can practically learn and practically change in our lives. We can practically learn uh, how to turn to Jesus. If you want to get into habits and you, if you want to... Uh, to, to change certain habits, change this one. Turn to Jesus in every situation. Then learn how to receive grace. 
Okay? If you receive the grace of God, if you're in a habit of receiving the grace of God, you will see more and more and more of the fruit of the grace in your life. So receive the grace. How do you receive the grace? Through faith. You simply believe the gospel. Okay? So when the gospel says your sins are forgiven, okay, and you feel accused, you feel condemned, you feel shame, get into the habit, turn to Jesus. Receive his grace. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. I believe that I'm forgiven, I'm holy, I'm justified, I'm washed in your blood, I'm perfect. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And if that thought of shame and guilt and accusation comes again, say, no, I'm holy, I'm forgiven, I'm blameless. Hebrews chapter 10 says, He has made me holy through the offering of his flesh body once for all. Verse, verse 10, verse 14, those who have made holy is forever, completely cleansed and perfected. Think on those let your heart be open to the influence of the Scripture. The Scripture says you are holy. The Scripture says you are blameless. The Scripture says you are perfected by His broken body, by His blood poured out for you. Get in the habit of thinking of that in the presence of when your own heart accuses you. Do you get what I'm saying by practical things that we can do, practical skills that we can learn? Turn to Jesus, receive grace, and the third one, rest in the finished work of Jesus. What he did for you is already enough for you to be righteous before God. He's righteous because you are righteous because he says you are righteous. And because he says you are righteous, you need to change the opinion that you have about yourself. You need to have the influence of the Holy Spirit on your heart and start thinking about yourself the way he thinks about yourself. Do not determine your righteousness level on the, ba on the basis of what you do. You will always come short. But determine your righteousness by his righteousness coming to you as a free gift and you receive it. Okay? So you are righteous because of a free gift that he gave you. You are righteous because of his blood that he washed you with. His blood is... Is, is more valuable than your sin. Is, it, it's more weighty. It's more important. It's got more authority than your sin. So whether you like it or not, he looks at you and you're clean. But for you to be transformed, you need to agree with him. All right? So you can go, you, you can be holy, blameless, pure, spotless in God's eyes and look exactly like someone in the world and struggle with exactly the same struggles as everyone in the world. Or... You can be holy, blameless, spotless, but then believe that you are holy, blameless, and spotless and start revealing something else. Start, start manifesting something else. What you think about God and what you think about yourself is important. Okay, so uh, this, the bad stuff that's come out of your life, guess what? It's humanity. So it's no different with anyone else. Everyone's got some kind of complex. Everyone's got some kind of issue. Everyone's got some kind of, you know, thing where they, where they come short. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone's got some internal pain. Any, anyone's got some external pain. Everyone, everyone is struggling with something. But you know that Jesus isn't struggling. He's conquering. He's the conquering king. He's, uh, he's made you more than a conqueror. The, all things are under his feet. And you know that he's inside you. Do you know that he has conquered it for you? Do you know that nothing that you ever face in this world is, is not under the feet of Jesus? Do you know that, that, that there's nothing too big for him? And do you know that he's not intimidated by the sin that you've done? Do you know that he's not intimidated by the problems you face? Okay? So we need to start resting on what he has done. And we need to start turning to him and start receiving out of the wealth 
of the treasure of what is given. All you need has already been given. All you need has already been deposited in Christ. It's laid up in a storehouse called Christ. It's in there. And you are in there. And he is in you. So all you need is already inside of you. Now you just need to start agreeing with what he says about you. And what he says is you are holy, you are righteous, you are blameless. That means you have righteousness by faith. So this righteousness that you received the day you got saved, he declares you righteous. But now, I want to refer you, he says, we are um, saved and daily delivered from sin's dominion, verse 10, by his resurrection life. So there's a daily deliverance from the dominion also. So what is the daily deliverance from, from his dominion? Your mind is renewed every day. Every day your mind is renewed. You, every day you get a fresh revelation of his goodness. Every day you get a fresh revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus and his broken body for you. Every day it's fresh. Every day he reveals himself to you that it is him who caused you to be righteous. It's him who washed you with his own blood. It is him who will inside you live in you and for you and through you. All right? Jesus died for you. Now the next thing we need to get is he lives for you, in you. And through you, we need to depend on him for everything. Yes, we depend on him for our initial uh, salvation, getting saved through the blood of Jesus on the cross. But that same message is applicable for every day. We are saved, daily, we are saved, and we are being saved. We are saved, and we are daily delivered from sin's dominion by our mind being influenced and uh, renewed. By the very mind of Christ himself, who he has given to, to us by faith in Christ. I hope I'm not losing any one of you. Okay, there's a few scriptures I still want to read. He says, uh, the free gift is not at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. That's where I went on my long rabbit trail. For the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation, whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification. So all of your transgressions... You have a free gift that brings you justification. You are justified by grace, okay, through faith. All right, you are, you are made righteous. All right, now verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, Adam, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Okay, so you received the grace, and you got saved, and you received Jesus, you believe in him, you've declared him your Lord, you, whatever it is that you, know, that you were led in in your altar call or what, wherever you gave your heart to Jesus, you, you are, you're certain that you're a Christian. You're certain that you're, you're saved. You're going to heaven. Great. That's a good starting point. But keep on receiving every day the free gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, the overflowing grace. What's the effect of keeping on receiving righteousness? I'm speaking of the word. I'm speaking of his influence on your heart. When I keep on receiving the free gift of righteousness that I've already received, what happens? My mind is renewed. What's the effect? I reign as a king in life. Circumstances don't dominate me, but through a word spoken by the Spirit, I can speak something and I, and I soar above the storm. And I, 
and I thrive in, in circumstances where other, other people have, uh, have difficulties. Okay, so we need, to, we need to understand this. It is by grace, it's God's involvement, it's his action in us, it's his action through us. It's got nothing to do with your obedience to the law, but it's got everything to do with you yielding to him and believing about you what he says about you. Does it make sense? hope so. All right, so keep on receiving the righteousness of God. Keep on receiving the free gift of grace. Keep on receiving those things. It will cause you to live a life victorious in manifestation where you see stuff change in your life, where you start, where you start seeing change in the way you think, change in the way you act, change in the way you speak, where you start seeing change in your finances, where you start seeing change... Um, we start seeing authority of God being exercised. You see people being healed. You see blind eyes open, deaf ears here. Um, I, I believe there's so much more given than what we've ever seen. Okay, We've seen a drop in the bucket, but there's so much more. Okay, So Jesus said, uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. lepers. You know, it's like, just do it. All right? <laughs> Which means we, not, we need to start thinking differently about ourselves than we are right now. Okay. So there's so much to say about this. Um, it is, man, it is difficult to, to touch on a subject like this and, and finish it in one session. It's not, it's not possible. Right. But I want you to, to really understand this, that righteousness is a gift. It's given to you, and you receive it by faith in the gospel. You receive it by grace. It's not your striving. So in all your striving, in all your efforts to change, make this your number one priority, to know Jesus. How are you going to know Jesus? Well, hear the word. Let him influence your heart. Pray in tongues. Let the Spirit pray in you and through you. All right? So hearing the word, praying in tongues, those two, two actions will help you to turn to Jesus, will help you to receive grace, will help you to, what's the third thing, um, to rest in the righteousness of God, to rest in the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay, so the cross, the blood, the broken body is still applicable to you today and it's still powerful to you today if you give it your full attention and if you uh, rest in what he has done for you all right so all you righteous holy blameless spotless saints you are forgiven you are righteous you are perfected by grace god loves you he sees you as holy as his son is holy just repeat this after me say jesus christ is holy Therefore, I am holy because Jesus Christ is inside me and he has cleansed me and washed me with his own blood. He is able to do what he said he would do. Faithful is he who has promised and he will also bring it to perfection. Amen. You are holy in God's eyes, and he will bring it to perfection, to manifestation, so that all the others can also see that you are holy as Jesus is holy. <laughs> so, 
May you just experience the transformative power of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ in your life today. The power unto salvation, Romans 1 verse 16 and 17. So uh, may you be blessed. May you receive the righteousness, the free gift of righteousness, the abundance of grace. May you receive forgiveness today. May you stand in your own mind as you stand before God, holy, pure, blameless, and spotless before God in love. It's so awesome to share this message with you. I just want to greet a few more people. Let's see. There's some more people who... Hi, Karin. Bless you. It's nice to see you here as well, Karin Grunewald. Ishmael, bless you. And Martinette is always watching from Poch. Bless you, Martinette. And Letty, bless you. It's so nice to see you. Um, John Mary, it's good to have you here. Uh, Dini from George, bless you. Who else is here? Harvey and uh, Harry. It's nice to see all of you. So... Bless you guys, and thanks for watching. I hope this message has done something for you. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to greet you and love you and leave you now. I'll see you tomorrow again at 9 o'clock. Be blessed. Have an awesome day.